Welcome to the first episode of Killers You've Never Heard Of. I'm your host, Jordan Carroll, and each week I will bring you the story of a killer from a different country. We'll be focusing on those killers whose crimes haven't been covered widely, especially those from outside the English-speaking world. The true crime world is focused on the US, Canada, the UK and Australia, and we do not hear much about the crimes that take place elsewhere. This is what Killers You've Never Heard Of aims to change. Each instalment will take you through the background of the killer, their crimes, and delve a little bit deeper into the history of the country. We start in Lithuania, a northeastern European country, a once great superpower in Europe that has since been invaded and occupied again and again, each time leaving massacres and bloodshed in their wake. A country going through a swift recovery, a country that's joined the EU, and one important to Lithuanian history that has gone from a Soviet occupation to a westernised republic in a few short years. Our first killer was dubbed the Angel Face Killer, due to his youth and good looks. In 1992, Antanas Vanalis went on a five-month killing spree through the Lithuanian countryside, killing six people at the young age of 22. To understand Antanas, we need to look at his background and the country overall during his early years. When Antanas was born, World War II had finished 26 years previous. But Lithuania was not free. After their invasion by Nazi Germany, the German tanks rolled out, but the Soviet tanks rolled right in. Just over a decade before his birth, Lithuanian freedom fighters, the Partisans, were still using the dense forests and sparse countryside to fight a resistance battle against the USSR. Antanas was born in Dadotske, in the Telshe district of Lithuania, a town that is part of this sparse countryside. It is so small that it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. When Antanas entered the world and opened his eyes in 1971, he was one of 200 Dadotske residents, a town so deprived and dying that barely 10 years later, there was less than 100 residents. Today, there are around 50. The town's claim to fame is a pot of medieval brass coins, found during the construction of the local school. To me, this is almost a symbol for the town as a whole. One that's treasure is brass and its small glory is from the past. A backdrop of pervasive poverty blighted young Antanas' life. The Lithuanian countryside is littered with small towns and villages left behind by the modern world. In 1971, there were telephone poles, electricity, and in some houses, running water, but most still had no sewage system. Many of these towns, even today, have high rates of unemployment, alcoholism and domestic violence. This is the world that Antanas was born into and shaped by. I've driven through and visited many of these towns where houses are left to rot and collapse. The lawyers fees for selling them would cost more than they are worth and who would buy them anyways? Antanas was one of seven children, four boys and three girls, born to alcoholic parents. So dysfunctional was his home life, all of the children were removed from the parents' care at an early age and bounced around different care homes. Despite having living parents, Antanas ended up in an orphanage in the town of Vyeshvila, a town not much larger than Dodotske and not much better off. Children such as Antanas and his siblings at these orphanages were officially described as being there as they are deprived of family warmth, an apt description for young Antanas' life. Other residents of the orphanage remember Antanas as unsociable. 
he often ran away just to wander aimlessly around the neighbourhood. This led to him becoming involved in petty crime, theft and antisocial behaviour, meaning at the age of just 11, he was transferred to another state facility, a boarding school for difficult teenagers in Gelgodishkas, a town with a comparatively huge population of 1,000 people. Whilst at the boarding school, Antanas garnered a reputation as a bully that chain-smoked cigarettes and followed in his parents' footsteps by abusing alcohol and picking on those weaker than him. However, he showed deference to anyone stronger than he was. This was a sure sign of things to come. The boarding school did nothing to change Antanas's nature. He continued to steal and be involved in petty theft and crime. The school wasn't able to teach him much either, describing him as showing no academic inclination whatsoever. After leaving school, the government provided Antanas with a workplace and a dorm room, a common practice in the Soviet Union. He was also provided the opportunity to study at an agricultural school in Kadirkos Neumistas, a town not too different from his birthplace. Kadirkos Neumistas straddles the Russian border. You can stand on one side of the river that circles around the town and see Russia. Today, there are houses that are collapsing and falling down due to neglect. There is even an elderly couple that lives in a barn behind their house, the house being so dilapidated and neglected due to their severe alcohol abuse that the barn is a better place to sleep. While Antanas was living here, though, the town was more affluent. There were industrial and agricultural industries that employed the people and a busy restaurant where they ate. This all started to fall apart in 1991 when Lithuania gained its independence, leaving the town a provincial dying town it is today. In Antanas's usual fashion, he quickly abandoned this chance, running away to a life of petty crime, being convicted in 1987 at just 16 years old of stealing 12 bottles of beer and a chicken from the grocery store. During the trial and conviction, he underwent psychiatric examination, during which he was diagnosed with a mild intellectual disability and psychopathic tendencies, but he was declared fit to stand trial. It is worth noting that in the Soviet Union, Psychiatric treatment and diagnosis was not the same as his modern standards. He was given a two-year and three-month sentence in an educational colony, which was suspended. Not one to throw away good luck, he was convicted and sentenced to four years in prison just a few months later for mugging a passerby. Whilst Antanas was in prison, Lithuania changed. He entered prison just before one of the biggest shifts in Lithuanian history. Until 1988, the country was completely under the control of the Communist Party. The economy, cultural life and all politics were a monolith. In 1988, however, the Supreme Soviet of the Lithuanian SSR annulled the 1940 decision on proclaiming Lithuania a part of the Soviet Union, making Lithuania a more independent country. This was the start of the freedom of Lithuania, which eventually came fully in 1991, despite the Soviet army attempts of taking back control, leading to the deaths and injuries of civilians protesting for their rights. Antanas had missed all this change. Not much would have changed for him in his prison cell. He may have had guards with different uniforms, they may have started speaking more Lithuanian, but he was still in a cell. This was the world that Antanas was released into, as an intellectually inept person, one that had changed significantly whilst he was inside. After his release, Antanas was taken in by his brother Pranas, and by all accounts, Pranas took good care of his brother. Antanas was even described as a parasite, living off his brother's wages, earned working on a farm in the same town where they were both orphans. He lived with his brother and took his money, so he could continue to abuse alcohol 
and chain-smoke cigarettes. Antanas' behaviour cost his brother his job, and both of them a roof over their heads. They had to move on. Before leaving town, the 21-year-old Antanas spotted a girl on her way to the store, cutting through the woods. The girl spotted him, and he just let her pass silently. The unknown man made her uneasy, and she turned around to head home. As the girl climbed the appropriately named Devil's Hill, Antanas approached. He ordered her to stop and accused her of stealing his bicycle. She knew that she hadn't stolen anything, so she continued on her way. At this point, Antanas pulled a knife and offered her a choice, death or making love to him. He asked the girl her age, and she replied that she was only 13. He was undeterred and threw her to the ground and continued to try and rape her. She began to scream that someone was on their way, and Antanas fled. Once Antanas' crimes and picture was made public, she recognised him instantly. She narrowly avoided becoming Antanas' first victim. As they had nowhere to live and no way to earn money, the brothers wandered the countryside on foot, moving from village to village, stealing and sleeping where they could. One of these crimes, a burglary on a forester's house in the Shakay district, led to Pranas being apprehended and imprisoned. To pause here briefly, the following contains quite graphic and upsetting descriptions. This is where, if I had sponsors, I would stop to give the listeners the time to recuperate. Whilst I'm not showing any sympathy for Antanas and his crimes, I want to highlight the situation Antanas was raised in. Still happens around the world and in Lithuania today. So please consider donating to SOS Children's Villages, who have facilities to support children in Lithuania. An extract from their site sums up the situation more aptly than I possibly could. Children under the age of 18 account for 19% of the population in Lithuania. The recent social, economic and political changes have worsened the situation for children in the country. Despite the population falling overall, the number of at-risk children remains the same. In 2014, around 1,600 families were raising nearly 3,000 children who are at risk. The violence found in Lithuanian society at large also affects children. Children are often taken to care due to physical abuse. Unemployment and poverty have also forced some parents to put their children into the care of the state. Alcohol abuse is a real problem in Lithuania, particularly in rural areas. Children in rural areas are particularly disadvantaged. They have a shortage of educational facilities, worse access to healthcare and less support for families in need. Visit www.sos-childrensvillages.org forward slash where dash we dash help slash Europe slash Lithuania for more info on how you can help. Without his brother to mitigate his behaviour, Antanas' crimes became more depraved. On July 28, 1992, Antanas committed his first murder. Antanas later recounted this murder. So, the following is in Antanas' own words, translated from Lithuanian into English. I stood in the yard for a while and found a pole, maybe two metres long, and knocked on the door. When the old man opened it, I gave him about three or four whacks to the head. Since he didn't fall, I hit his chest and abdomen a few more times. Only then did he fall, but he was still alive. Taking him by the armpits, I dragged him into the house and left him lying on his side. 
When I started looking for money, I found about 2,000 rubles under the pillow in various banknotes. I took a harmonica with some writings from under the bed. Now I don't remember what happened to those notes and I've lost the harmonica somewhere. As I walked down the hall, I saw a pile of rags and set it on fire. I took his old bike and rode away, but I had to throw it away quickly because it was impossible to ride. Why did I kill? I was angry at him. He would not allow me to live with him. I didn't plan to steal the bike. I just wanted to get out of that place sooner. I don't know if that old man was still alive when the house burned down. Antanas escaped, travelling on foot, avoiding larger towns and villages, sleeping in barns to avoid the police, hunting for the killer. The police arrested six different men in total, but all had strong alibis. But by this time, Antanas had moved on. Once again, travelling by foot, hiding in the forests, as the brave partisans once had. However, unlike the partisans, when he was watching from the forests, it was soon sure that his potential victims were alone. Less than a month later, Antanas would commit his second murder, a hundred miles away in the Telsey district. The victim was again a lonely pensioner. Antanas attacked with an axe, and whilst he was waiting for the pensioner to die, he prepared himself a meal. Antanas stole 12,000 rubles and some household items, which he went on to sell. The police failed to connect the two murders, but did manage to get a photo fit of Antanas from the two brothers whom he sold the household items to. Just as important, they described that he had tattoos on his chest, full sleeve tattoos, and introduced himself as Antanas. Travelling village to village by foot, at the end of August 1992, Antanas arrived in Shimkeche, a small town steeped in blood and history, a town that once had a thriving Jewish population, massacred in 1941 by the Einsatzgruppen and their Lithuanian collaborators. Upon arriving in town, he connected with an old friend from the orphanage, who managed to get him a labouring job on a local farm. This lasted for two months, and those two months left an impression on the locals. He was remembered as a handsome man that attended discos and met many girls. Antanas was not wealthy, he was moderately good-looking, and by most accounts lacked good personal hygiene. Meeting many girls alludes to his charm, the same charm that gained his victim's trust, the same superficial charm present in psychopaths. Many serial killers can go quiet for years at a time, but Antanas struck again at the end of October, on Halloween night, just two and a half months after his last killing. He broke into the house of another vulnerable elderly person, an 86-year-old. He struck the old man multiple times in the head with an axe and robbed his house. The victim remained alive in hospital for a week before succumbing to his injuries. This murder should have been the one that got Antanas caught. As the victim lay dying, Antanas decided to prepare himself a meal. He was cooking eggs when the victim's relative knocked at the door. Antanas spoke with the relative and tried to convince him he was helping the elderly victim with housework. He also told the victim's relative that he was living with the neighbours next door. The man was instantly suspicious, so went to check with the neighbour. Whilst he went next door, Antanas escaped. The relative returned to see Antanas was no longer there, but the barn, which was never locked, was shut up tight. After breaking the lock, the man saw his elderly relative lying in a pile of manure, the axe used to kill him, placed at his side. Antanas had fled to the nearby forest and watched from a distance, enjoying the commotion he had caused. Just two weeks later, despite almost being caught in his previous murder, Antanas killed again, this time in Pakrojantis. True to form, Antanas targeted another pensioner, living alone. He struck her in the head nine times with an axe and stole whatever he could from the house a bicycle, a raincoat, a coffee grinder, hairspray, several bottles of homemade wine and groceries. 
Hatan stayed in the house and lived there for at least a day with the victim's body, but possibly two. The body of the 68-year-old woman lay in the house, undiscovered for a week. When it was finally discovered, it was laid out, covered in straw, unrecognisable from rat bites to her face. A bed was made next to the victim, where Antanas had clearly been sleeping. Over the next two weeks, Antanas continued to break into houses and attempted to kill two more people. In two separate in incidents, he struck a 48-year-old man with an axe, stealing his motorbike, and then a 69-year-old woman, whom he stole 6,000 telonas from. It's worth noting that the currency has changed due to the transition of Lithuania from a Soviet Republic to an independent state. The Solonis was an interim currency between the ruble and the litres. He remained in the house overnight drinking champagne, and upon leaving he stole several bottles of alcohol, two watches, two gold wedding rings, groceries and 15,000 Solonis. The daughter-in-law was found still alive, but she died later in hospital. Four days after the murder, Vanalis' photo was shown on TV and published by newspapers asking the public for more information. The Ministry of the Interior formed a task force to catch the perpetrator. Upon learning that he was wanted, Vanalis changed his tactics. Now he only moved at night and slept in abandoned houses or barns during the day, both of which are plentiful in the Lithuanian countryside. Officials looking for Antanas dubbed him the angel-faced killer. The army and police combed the forests and countryside looking for Antanas, but he had already moved on. They did, however, come across a hermit that had lived in the forest alone for 20 years, showing how simple it would be for Antanas to avoid capture by sticking to the countryside. He headed towards Vilnius from where he planned to escape. On the evening of December 21st, 1992, in the village of Manishke, in the Kolnish district, Vanalis was identified by locals based on his tattoos. Despite being told not to approach him, the locals apprehended Antanas and severely beat him before handing him over to the police. Vinalis immediately confessed to the murders and robberies, but not to the attempted rape. He underwent a forensic psychiatric examination in Utena, which concluded that he was competent to stand trial. At the trial, Vinalis's defence focused on his disability, difficult childhood, and the fact that he confessed and cooperated with the police. His attorney asked for a second psychiatric examination, but Vinalis refused. In his final statement, Vinalis asked the court to take into account all the mentioned circumstances and that he be sentenced to life in prison, avoiding execution. However, on February 1st, 1994, the Criminal Chamber of the Supreme Court of Lithuania found the 23-year-old Vanalis guilty of all charges and sentenced him to be executed by firing squad. His clemency petition was rejected by the presence of Lithuania and Vanalis was executed on September 28, 1994, in Vilnius. Before his execution, Antanas showed no remorse. When asked why he targeted the elderly, he only said because it was easier. When asked why he killed them, he simply said he needed money and food. He was buried in the Karvelishkas Cemetery in a section for those unclaimed by relatives. Often with serial killers, we hear how it is the people we least expect. The neighbours will say they never suspected a thing. However, with Antanas, I believe the opposite is true. He was from an early age a violent criminal that targeted the weak and vulnerable. Throughout this podcast, I've gone into the history and the flux that was in place in Lithuania when Antanas left prison. I do not think this contributed to his crimes, though. I think that by the time he was a teenager, he was on the path to kill. Regardless of what went on around him, but he did enter a world he was unequipped for. Everything had changed for him. Was Antanas a born killer? Did his parents being violent alcoholics 
make him this way? Was he so truly intellectually disabled that he didn't understand what he had done? We'll never know. But what we do know is that he was a man that destroyed families, took lives and showed no remorse. Someone that came from such a horrific background that he never likely would have had a successful life. I wanted to tell the victim's stories throughout and not just focus on the killer. However, due to the way the Lithuanian legal system and the reporting is done, there is very little information. And in most reporting, the names of the victims are omitted. I decided to follow this out of respect for the victim's families. Thank you for listening to Killers You've Never Heard Of. Please follow or subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. If you could leave a review, that would help us out a huge amount. Follow us on Instagram at Killers You've Never Heard Of and feel free to share with your friends. See you next Monday when we bring you another story of a killer you've never heard of.